7:10 a.m. The Word welcomes you to Pastor to Pastor with our host, Dr. John Jackson, president of William Jessup University, as he talks heart to heart with pastors and leaders. Learn what God is doing in our churches and community, areas of tremendous challenge and opportunity, and the exciting hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Dr. John Jackson. Well, hello, Pastor to Pastor audience. So glad to have you with us again. Just appreciate the family that you have become and appreciate your heart for what God is doing in the spiritual atmosphere of our region. Uh, it's our privilege on this show to be able to talk with folks who are influencing uh, the climate of our region. And I have a good friend in the studio who has an amazing ministry. Uh, Tim Lane is the executive director or the pastor of Union Gospel Mission. He's been there uh, for 14 years. He is no stranger to radio, and he's no stranger to the Sacramento region. Tim, welcome to the studio today. Well, I, I appreciate those kind words, and no stranger to you either. I, I I had the opportunity to meet you many years ago now, and and. Uh, I am glad that our friend Henry Wells, since he has is no longer doing this, that they chose you to do this. I think they made the right choice. Uh, Tim, you're very kind. I was going to say both of us are no stranger to the word strange. Uh, people occasionally call oh, us brother. strange. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen, Tim, There, even though you've been there 14 years and I, I'm aware of the wonderful uh, ministry of the Union Gospel Mission, would you just give us kind of a framework? Maybe if people sure. don't understand, what, what do you do at the Union Gospel Mission? Well, first of all, we ha- we do indeed feed somewhere between 8,500 and 9,000 meals a month to the homeless that are in Sacramento. Wait, wait. 8,500 to 9,000 meals per month. Yes, sir. Wow. Have been doing that for a long time. As a matter of fact, that's all done be- because you out there who have chosen to volunteer time and money and clothing and all those things, we've been able to do these things. We don't take any government money of any kind, and the reason we don't do that is because the primary focus of what we do is right there in our name. We are the Union Gospel Mission. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells us I am not ashamed of the gospel, Yes, and I am not ashamed of the gospel, but if we were to take government money of any kind, state, local, they would put restrictions on yep. us that, that as, first and foremost, I'm the pastor. Yes. And that simply means that I'm the guard at the gate and the watchman on the tower. And you know what? I take the idea of being pastor as being that that pyramid. You've got the pastor, the deacons, the congregation. Now you need to turn that pyramid upside down because Jesus said that he didn't come to to be served but to serve. And if it's good enough for him. Amen. I was going to say, you take that uh, sort of pyramid and turn upside down. Now you're the lead servant. That's exactly right. There you go. And you know what? Uh, God has richly blessed me. He brought me there 14 years ago. Uh, I was pastoring a small church, and I still pastor that small church, Mm. but I was doing other things bivocationally, and he brought me to the mission. And I have been more blessed than I could have ever blessed anybody by being there, but Mm. I'm always cognizant of the fact that that the Lord Jesus Christ is who runs that mission, not me. Amen. Tim, we're going to talk a a lot about the mission, but before we do it, I always like to capture at least a snapshot of people's story. You didn't come out of the womb being a pastor, being the uh, head of the Union Gospel Mission, so 
just give us a snapshot, uh, just a quick little narrative of where were you born and raised and what led you into pastoral ministry and, and eventually ministry of the mission? Well, I, I suppose it would be a little uh, shocking to people to find out that, first of all, I was born in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Wow. Uh, I came out here when I was about five years old, product of divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was a pharmacist and got into alcohol and mm. felt that that was more important, I guess, than his family. Mm. But um, my mother was a film editor. She worked here in Sacramento for many years. I grew up here. Uh, I was actually a contractor. I I was a commercial heating and air conditioning okay. contractor. Yeah. But I was also a believer, and I was called into the ministry. They came to me and said, we believe that you have a gift, that God has called you. If you feel that way, uh, we would like to license you to the gospel ministry. It was Southern Baptist Church. How how old uh, were you at that time? Uh, I think I was probably about 40. Okay. So as you, you were can sort see, of mid career in some respects. Well, that, that more had, than that, yeah, you had had a long career in HVAC uh, work. Yep. And, yeah, okay. yep. I well, it may have even been a little later than that, but yes, I had. I went from there and I did some other things. I was an insurance agent uh, for five years while I was pastoring a small church. Okay. I was ordained later, of course. I did most of my studying through Liberty. I wish oh, I had wonderful. the opportunity to go to a, a uh, wonderful school like yours. But thank you. Uh, Liberty is a good school, and they had distance Excellent. learning opportunities. Uh, I've been pastoring a church for, you know, since 2001 uh, out in Sheridan. And, you know, it's an amazing thing, and I hope I don't burn up too much of your time, but i got to tell you that when I was called to be the director of the mission, I had left those different things I was doing, and I was actually building some uh, some cabinets and things. I being part Norwegian, I have that in my blood, That's right? wonderful. And I was starting to make money doing that bivocationally, and I realized I was always away from people. Mm. So I went out, I prayed, and I, I said, Lord, just like Paul was called, and he mended tents, from this point on, on the secular side of my life, if you want to bring me to a bigger church, or if you want me to stay where I am, do you want me to go back into air conditioning, back into insurance, or if you want me to scrub floors, because I've done that too. That's right. And, and brother, I'm being entirely honest with you. I was, I was prepared to do that. I wanted him to be the lead in every part of my life. Mm-hmm. Three weeks later, they called me and asked if I'd interview. And I told them, the board, which was bigger at the time, I said, listen, 10,000 men must be more qualified to be director than am I. I said, Pastors need to lecture somebody every day, and you're all I have. <laughs> so here it comes. I said, Professor at, at Liberty said, if you want to know if you're called to a church, you're truly called, then don't pray about this happening, that happening, but pray that the congregation has a perfect peace about you coming, and you have a perfect peace about going. And so when they ask, I'd had that perfect peace, because I'd volunteered down there for for. 12 or 14 years before that. Ah, uh, so you and had you had a connection to the mission that was I in did. your heart. It was in, oh, so yeah. that's, that's important. We're going to pursue that in just a moment. So I just, uh, I told him exactly what I just told you. And I said, so if there's one of you that has a doubt that I'm the man when you're interviewing other people, then let's assume God's not in this. And I'll love you guys. I'll still preach down there. I'll do the best I can for you but I won't be the director of the mission. This time, I'd go only where God is drawing me to go. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I don't tell many people this, but I got bacterial pneumonia one day down there because a gentleman who was sick, I was praying with him and he coughed in my face. But I believe that was all preparatory ground right. that God was preparing me to. And so he brought me as a businessman, as a pastor, as a guy who had walked outside of the bounds of God's grace so many times, sure. and yet his loving call on my life brought me back and brought me to a place I certainly could have never come to if that was my plan. That's right. So I, I just uh, hope our uh, listeners are really just already queuing in. Uh, Tim Lane, a pastor and leader of Union Gospel Mission, has not only a heart for the Lord but a story to tell. And Tim, I just really believe that um, the Father— takes all the experiences of our life, yes. and he weaves those together in a tapestry. I, we had tapestry when I was a kid growing up, so I always think that we see the backside of the yep. tapestry, all the loose threads and all that, and God <laughs> yeah. is seeing the front side. My, my younger friends tell me, uh, stop using that. You need to talk about HTML code and a website now. Sure. It's very different. <laughs> if you've ever looked at HTML code, it's uh, yeah. looks like a mess, but then you look at the front side of the website, and it yeah. looks fine. So, Tim... Um, you, before you became the director, before you became the pastor you of the, mesh, of the mission, you were already participating. Oh, yeah. There was something in you that had a heart for the people. So uh, when you talk about 8,500, 9,000 meals a month, uh, when you think about the services of the, the gospel mission, you talk about not taking um, any kind of governmental aid because you want freedom to love on and serve people in the name of Jesus. It's, it's the cup of cold water in the name of Jesus. You don't want that to be circumscribed. Just give me just a sense of why love the unlovely? Why love sure. the people that, for many of us, walking by on the street and turning our head the other way, driving in our cars at uh, the person who's at the corner, uh, it's, it's easier to ignore or to walk on by. Why do you love the people that you serve? It's pretty simple. Uh, the easiest and, and most accurate answer is that I may not have been on the street. I may not have been doing the things that you might have looked at me and thought, okay, here's the upright citizen. And, and you might be. You might have been raised in the church, and you might be just just good in everything you do, but you're not good enough for God's kingdom. And when we were unlovely, he loved us. Mm, and when amen. we were unforgivable he forgave us and when we were still yet his enemies he died for us and so if he did those things for us how can we do anything less and by the way at the union gospel mission we've been criticized because we have rules and regulations i am not just i don't believe in just okay let's hand it out and just do this no, I believe in rules and regulations because I think that those boundaries are the things that we've all stepped outside of too. Right. But that doesn't mean we don't love them. I want that we have 24 men on our recovery program that we invest into to getting them not just off drugs and alcohol, but telling them about Jesus Christ. Yes. They don't have to be believers to get on the program, but you're going to hear about it every single That's day, right. all day long. Without apology. Yeah. It, without apology, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That's right. You know, Tim. Uh, I don't mean to be—I I don't mean to be political, but I mean to be very missional. Mm-hmm. When we think that there are no boundaries and that the most loving thing is to just sort of open the door, that 
in my view, that's really not the most loving. The most loving yeah. is to lead people to life. Yes. Lead people to the source of life, yes. which is Jesus, and lead people to that which is good and right and will help grow them. We, yes. we know that respect and responsibility and discipline and hard work, those are all really great things. We wanna, they are. And, and sadly, a, a lot of people have never had to, the opportunity to experience that in their lives, so if we help them to get respect, responsibility, discipline, hard work, uh, a love for God, a love for other people, those are values in their life yes. that are transformative, <laughs> right? Well, they are transformative. You know, one of the things that... that we live in an entitlement society. We right. really do. And you see that spills over to many of the aspects of the people on the street. But I don't feel that way. I don't think that you should be allowed to throw your tents up wherever you want to throw your tents up. I don't believe in those things. I do want to feed those people, clothe those yes. people, because first of all, they're going to get fed and they're going to get clothed. And, and at least we mitigate some of the things they might do to get those. Right. But... The other part of that is we do this so that every night, 365 days a year, there's a gospel message that goes out from the pulpit with 31 different churches that come to preach this message. Wow. And so we we can only get maybe just a fraction of the people that will ever really respond, really come into our program, really grab a hold of the that that God is in everything and is everything that, that makes us of worth. But we have responsibilities. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, definitely I'm not a works righteousness guy. That's right. right. I believe you are saved by grace through faith and that not of yourself. I believe that. However, that when we fall in love with the Savior, our hearts are given to follow what he has said. Yes. We are yielding our hearts to the King of Kings and and that's what I want for these guys too. I want I don't want to just feed them and send them to hell. Yes, that's right. I want them to be eternally secure. Uh, so resonate, and I have to stop. Uh, make sure I stop myself from preaching too, because no, the Ephesians two eight and nine. Away. No, 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 no. I I I love to hear your words. I just got to be careful. I don't start. But the Ephesians two eight and nine, which you so cited, is followed by Ephesians two ten, which <laughs> yes. talks about the good works that God has prepared. That right. were His poem. That we that, that they're good works. So I think there's a a necessary response. We we love because he first loved us, as First John said. So let me just ask uh, this. You mentioned 31 churches. So you have, uh, tell me just a little bit of the, you, you do feeding, uh, you do a gospel presentation, you mentioned a recovery ministry. Just give us the scope of what is what is uh, Union Gospel Mission. Okay, we have 84 beds upstairs, 60 oh. of which are from the for the guys from the street, 24 okay. for our program guys who are living with us for nine months on our drug and alcohol, or there's other things to recover from. We have a women's clothes closet that's open twice a week. They come in for a little Bible study, and then they come in five at a time. We have... 10 showers, uh, not stalls, but it's more like a high school or a college sure. uh, okay. facility. Very nice. We've updated it and done all those things so they can come in twice a day. They can shower. The men can get clothing in a more uh, military sense, like the Dutch door with right. the will handed right. out to you. But the ladies like to shop. Sure. Nothing we do, including the recovery program, do we ever charge anybody for? We don't have thrift stores. We don't do any no of that. No cost for any of these services that God gave it to us. Amen. You know, uh, we uh, we have food boxes for working poor families okay. that we put together, and we send it out to, to them as long as they have an address and they're a family, or if they're over 65, 
then they can be single and we'll give them a food box. We feed 365 days a year. And then at Christmas and the Resurrection Sunday and on Thanksgiving, all those holidays, we hand out 100 food boxes to families with everything inside to make the traditional meal. We have a birthday party once a year for the homeless. Uh, we ha- we're a mail service. Yeah. We allow them to uh, use us as an address, and, and uh, the so. mail is distributed to them. I moved it from inside to outside because when the showers were going on, you couldn't have women go in there and get that. So right. we moved it to an outside area. It's not outside, but there's an outside window okay. so that the women can also uh, use that as a mail drop. So a uh, couple questions. You mentioned sure. 31 churches are involved in the proclamation mm-hmm. ministry. If I'm in the listening audience to, in this pastor-to-pastor broadcast today, and I just hear your heart and have a vision to be involved with the homeless in Sacramento and to make sure that they're loved and that they hear the good news of Jesus, uh, what are the best ways for me to get involved? Uh, do, you, do you need people to help serve? Do you need people to give uh, goods? Do you need people to give finances? Uh, how can people be engaged? Well, uh, all of those ways. They can call Eileen Trussell at the mission if they want to volunteer to, to you know, some of our special events. Steve Jarrett is my assistant director, and he feels the calls from churches who might want to be involved. We have a waiting list. Okay. Uh, if you're a church that wants to be involved, either in the—we have an additional 35 churches that also go and serve— the food to the men after the chapel service. Wonderful. So if you wanted to be involved in that, you have to understand that you have to be an evangelical Protestant Trinitarian believer Right. that uh, I, I would not like you to come and preach your church denominational bent, Right. but the gospel message the is clear. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I hand out to the men a little book called... Uh, what is the gospel? It's one of the nine mark series, and yeah. it's a great little, you know, if you yeah. go by something like that, you won't yeah. go wrong, you right? You the basics. You got the core <laughs> of the core. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you do that, that's great, because there are differences in denominations, and certainly within my denomination, you have, you know, you have some that are probably a little more what we would call theologically liberal right. to those that are, are more conservative. I, I lean more towards... Al Mohler sure, <laughs> than sure. I would some of the others, but sure. you, you know great. what I mean. I know uh, who Al Mohler is, and he's a great, great guy. Um, so I, I just was struck by a couple things you said. I want to pick up on this. Sure. Um, we live in a society, Tim, where there's a lot of fragmentation. We we see, in, particularly in urban settings, more homelessness than before, and we uh, have opportunities to uh, often um, kind of reflect on our society. It feels like it's not only fragmenting, but feels like the breakup of families, yeah. and I think about the first century. I, I sometimes will say we are more like Rome, Corinth, and Ephesus yeah. than uh, maybe ever before, but mm-hmm. the early church was oh, just yeah. like that, Tim. Oh, absolutely. And there were babies being thrown out on trash heaps. There were people who had leprosy, and the couple of historians I've read have said it was the church's response to broken people. It was mm-hmm. church's response to a society crumbling. So tell me where you see. You You pastor a local church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, you said yourself, it's a smaller local church, but it's a, it's, a, it's a body of believers, and you're the pastor of this gospel mission. How does gospel mission kind of work? Outreach work to people who, for the most part, are not coming into the church with a steeple and stained glass. Mm-hmm. How does that relate to the gospel as a whole 
and why should other followers of Jesus, why should Christians care about the gospel mission? Well, first of all, that's what we're called to do. Yes, the gospel message is the primary thing that we need to get out, but our actions always have to mimic what we say we believe. And you were talking about the first century church. The first century church exploded in the Roman world because during plagues, they were the ones going out, burying the dead, taking care of the sick, many of them becoming sick and dying, and it was noticed by a lost world. When we try to become so much like the lost world that they come into the church and there's no difference. It looks just like... So why come to us? That's right. That's right. But when we put first and foremost that we believe what we say and we're going to show you our our orthodoxy by our orthopraxy, right? There we go. Those are good words. We're going to practice what we preach, and that's all those two fancy things mean, is that this is what I believe— and now I'm going to practice what I tell you I believe. And so why does the church need to do that? Because the church has abrogated its responsibility. We as pastors were the counselors. We as pastors were the leaders. We were the ones that, that came out and, and let ourselves be thrown to the lions, in jail, sawn in half, all yes. those things. And I know we say, it's America, that can't happen. Want to bet? Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, don't let you and me get started. We'll never finish this up. We are with Tim Lane. He is the director, the pastor of Union Gospel Mission. The website is ugmsac.com, ugmsac.com. Uh, Tim, we've just got uh, maybe three or four minutes left. Tell me about, um, are you a standalone ministry? Do you have a connection with other uh, missions. Uh, what's the relationship outside of Sacramento? We are a standalone ministry. We take the name Union Gospel Mission. It, the only thing that we have had is association with other like-minded ministries, okay. but we're not connected financially or responsibility-wise. Uh, we're independent in that regard. Uh, and as always, I am responsible to Jesus Christ and, and, uh, I'll tell you what, when I came to the board, I told them, listen, you don't even need to worry about the 90 days, whether you like me or not. At yeah. any time, you don't have confidence, just tell me and I'll go. There you go. So you, 100% of the financial support for Union Gospel Mission comes from uh, individuals donors. who- donors. who want to do, Okay. So I just want to make a personal pitch. You didn't ask me to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say personally, an investment in Union Gospel Mission is an investment in the gospel of Jesus oh, Christ. It's an investment in changed lives. It's an investment in the the spiritual atmosphere of Sacramento, and if the church is not, if the Church of Jesus Christ is not present with the lost, the last, and the least, then not only shame on us, but I think it affects our culture. Amen. When we live out the gospel by being present with people in pain, with Amen. brokenness, so I just Tim want to thank you for your steadfastness. Thank you. Thank uh, we got you. a couple <laughs> minutes, couple minutes left. Um, so if I wanted to come to see. A, a service or see a feeding or be involved, what what way should I respond? You talked about calling. Is that the best way to do it is to call? Or? Well, here's what you could do. We have a service every night at 7.30 in the evening, and anybody can come in through those gates. But if you would really like to see what the Union Gospel Mission does, if you would come down, it's best if you can call so that I can be there if possible, and I will take you guys on a tour, and I'll show you exactly, because most people are surprised when they see the depth of what we're actually doing at the Union Gospel Mission. Uh, and so that's probably the best way, just come down. I, I, I welcome, I always like to give people tours. 
They don't always have to agree with me either, yeah. but you're going to see what we do, how we do it, and I think you will get from the people that are there their their hearts as well. One thing I would like to add, though, is just remember all of you out there who are Christians who are wanting to leave this state because of oppression, that, hey, if we all go, then what savor is there? What, what salt is That's there? Right. What light is there if we're all go? You said it. Corinth, Ephesus, all those places were cesspools. Uh, they they were great shining cities. And the church lived out a redemptive mission. So Amen. I just want to bring us to close this way. Yes. Tim Lane, pastor, director of Union Gospel Mission, located at 400 Bannon Street, Sacramento. The phone number is 916-768-3540. Website is ugmsac.com. Tim, thank you for your faithfulness. You. God bless you. And thank you for sharing with our pastor-to-pastor audience. God bless you, Dr. Jackson. I appreciate it. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed Pastor to Pastor with our host, Dr. John Jackson, president of William Jessup University. If you'd like more information on today's guest, please call 916-924-0710 with the date of the program or listen at kfia.com under the ministries tab. We appreciate all area pastors and leaders for their selfless commitment to our region. Please tune in again next week at the same time for another glimpse into God's church on Pastor to Pastor.